Welcome to Biblical Foundations, a podcast of the Center for Biblical Studies at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. I'm your co-host, Jimmy Rowe, along with Dr. Andreas Kostenberger. Join us as we discuss issues in biblical scholarship for the church. We're with Don Carson today discussing issues related to biblical theology and biblical scholarship. Uh, Dr. Carson, if we can shift gears for a moment, um, while a New Testament scholar and biblical scholar, you've uh, continually maintained a focus on church ministry, and you're also president of the Gospel Coalition. I actually remember first attending the first gathering of the Gospel Coalition on the Trinity campus, I believe, in 2007. That's right. Uh, there were about five or 600 of us packed out in, in Trinity Chapel, eagerly awaiting to hear this new initiative. Uh, please tell us about how TGC started and how you've seen the work of TGC progress over the past 10 or 12 years. Well, it began with a sidewalk cafe uh, lunch that Tim Keller and I enjoyed in New York City in 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we had become friends at a distance without actually having met uh, when we worked on our book on worship, Worship by the Book. And um, I admired his ministry from afar, and he knew about me. And, and uh, then we both were invited to, to uh, speak at EMA, Evangelical Ministers Assembly in London, about 2000 or 2001, thereabouts. <clears throat> and we hit it off. And uh, it was the sort of instant friendship where you get together and talk and sort out the whole universe and then look around for another universe. It was, uh, it was an instant friendship. In 2002, I was in Princeton doing something or other and took the fast train into New York City. And it, it turns out that we had both been uh, interested in asking the question, is it worthwhile establishing an organization that's broadly reformed and that um, draws in um, uh, people from different denominations that becomes uh, understood to be the kind of center of confessional evangelicalism in North America. And having explored that, eventually we called together, uh, by invitation, 40 pastors. We wanted them to be pastors because the kinds of questions pastors ask are different from the kinds of questions that pure theologians ask. And uh, we invited 40 people to come, and 40 people came. That was already Mm -hmm. well-nigh miraculous. Mm -hmm. And it included um, some names that are well-known today, like John Piper and Mark Dever and Lig Duncan and others, and some who are more obscure. We purposely tried to include some who were Hispanic or Asian or African-American, so it wasn't going to be a white man's club. And um, and, uh, we... There were a lot of suspicions at first. We spent about a third of our time listening to one another's stories, just praying for one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we got only far enough after three days to, uh, to, to warrant trying to write up a, a statement of faith and theological vision of ministry. Well, that was debated over three years. And we held our, our first public conference, as you indicated, in, in 2007. And um, as you say, there were about 600 there. But what was striking is that 70% or 75% of those that were there were under the age of 40. Mm, That's interesting. And that sort of ratio has continued in all of our ministry Mm. since then, too. Mm. And uh, in retrospect, I think it was largely because about the same time we decided that everything that we produced would be digital and free. Mm. That automatically gears toward the younger generation. Mm-hmm. Do, do, do you see? Yeah. <clears throat> By 2009, at our 2009 conference, there were 2,700 present, and in 2011 there were 7,000 present, and so so it's gone. Mm. 
And uh, eventually a women's conference was started, but it wasn't going to be a conference about women and women's issues. It was a conference about Bible teaching, God and the gospel for women. And um, our next conference along those lines is uh, this coming June, June 2020, where we fully expect 10,000 people. And, uh, and that ministry has expanded to regional weekend uh, training sessions for women on how to read and teach and interpret the Bible, um, not least in a complementarian setting because we are a complementarian organization. Mm -hmm. uh, we think that's important in our day and generation. And uh, then because, because uh, digital communication doesn't recognize international borders, pretty soon we were getting requests from other languages and other cultures, other countries and so on to, uh, to, to help them start something in, in Francophone Europe and in the Spanish-speaking world and, and, and so on and so on. And so um, we early on adopted the policy that the aim in such expansion was to ensure that such developments um, were self-governing, self-financing, self-controlling. We didn't want this to be another instance of an American mission board in which we were controlling the whole world from Chicago or the like. And um, that's taken some work, and but it's it's developing in all kinds of ways, so that we our language sites are are now diverse, mm -hmm. and in some parts of the world where we're blocked, uh, nevertheless people can get access to what we're doing by satellite downloads and VPNs and so on, um, virtual uh, private networks as they're called, mm -hmm. and um, and so last year uh, we had 37 million different visitors to our sites. Wow. That's not 37 million visits, but mm -hmm. 37 million different visitors and growing something like 30 or 35 percent a year. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. uh, uh, a, a great deal of credit and uh, and thanksgiving go to our editors and, and producers and writers and and translators and, 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 and so on. There's an awful lot of work that's done behind the scenes mm -hmm. um, trying to make sure that we're theologically robust and. And now we're beginning to develop whole curricular materials for, for, for use on, on um, uh, smartphones. We forget that smartphones were first invented in 2007. Mm -hmm. That's when they first appeared. Uh, but just as God prepared the way for the Reformation by uh, the invention of the printing press 70 years earlier, mm -hmm. so we cannot help but wonder what God is preparing the way for by the invention of the smartphone. And um, I, I recently came back from Africa. You, there are many, many villages you go to where a Westerner like myself wouldn't dare drink the water, but all the leaders have smartphones. Mm -hmm. That's right. And they're mostly 2G speed and so on, but mm -hmm. that's, that's adequate for text. And um, so there are developments that are, that are happening around the world on, on, on uh, curricular matters. 85% of the world's Christian pastors have no theological formation. Wow. 85%. Mm. And um, uh, by God's grace, we we want we want to address that and and close that gap as as much as we can, and that will be done as far as I can see in the near future by the digital world, uh, rather than the print world. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, um, the, at our conferences, the, the average age is still very young, mm -hmm. and that promises well for the future. Yeah, um, we have a pretty rigorous statement of faith that we adhere to robustly on our council and uh, theological vision of ministry and it's been a a rare joy and 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 privilege to to work with these with these folk it would probably be safe to say then um back in 2007 god has 
far exceeded any expectations you or Tim Keller might have had. Oh, yes. Undoubtedly. I'd like to be able to sit here and tell you that we planned it all out, uh, but we didn't. Uh, it, it grew so rapidly and so quickly that the most we were doing really was building the structure to support it mm -hmm. and to nurture it and to, to make sure it didn't get out of hand and so on. Uh, we're, we're, we're organized enough now that we can plot ahead carefully. Mm -hmm. uh, but but many many elements have, have just exploded around us, and we're we, we've scrambled to to try to find the money to build the next stage and and to make make sure there's discipline and confessionalism that is not moving. Mm -hmm. mm, yeah, perfect timing. Um, now, uh, let me, let me add yeah. something to that. This is an age also of what Lig Duncan, one of our counselors, likes to call big God theology. Mm -hmm. And there is a, a rise of what he calls big God theology, not only in America, but in North America, South America, um, some parts of Europe, certainly parts of Africa, many parts of Asia. Um, th th this, this is a movement that's really becoming quite significant mm -hmm. with different shapes and different organizations and so on. But we're, we're part of that. Um, and and uh, as much the receivers of it as the purveyors of it. Um, and and this is a great time to be alive and to observe what 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 God is doing in all kinds of uh, humbling and, mm -hmm. and and powerful ways. Yeah, somebody who attended that early two thousand seven gathering, I remember listening to their talks and sensing that there was a sense of movement happening. Yes, uh, even though all the structures weren't in place, the organization obviously wasn't in place. That wasn't the sense that I. God listening to the vision and the impetus behind uh, TGC. Yes, I think that's exactly right. Um, whereas some evangelicals are glass half empty people and mm -hmm. observe the social statistics and become discouraged. Yet um, uh, at the same time, God is raising up a new generation of church planters. Um, the the last generation I've had of seminary students are amongst the best as far as I'm concerned because they're more than with Calebite spirits saying, give me this mountain. Wanting to go to the Muslim countries or wanting to plant multiracial churches in big cities. or uh, They're wanting hard assignments and they want to be mentored. They're not arrogant. They want to learn. And um, whole organizations like Acts 29 have sprung up. Uh, part of this big God theology movement, and, mm -hmm. and uh, in, in Britain the gospel partnerships, and 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 other things elsewhere, uh, and and one can be profoundly grateful for these things, and wonder uh, how great a privilege it is to be part of it, uh, not because we're bringing it about, but because uh, in God's mercy uh, we're enabled to participate in it. Mm -hmm. Dr. Carson, what? <clears throat> While there will likely always be disagreements on the finer points of theology, such as the mode of baptism or the precise scenario unfolding surrounding the return of Christ, as biblical Christians, we can find unity in the gospel message. But uh, that said, I'd like to ask you, do you find the language of gospel-centeredness helpful in every respect, or would you register any, any caveats there? For example, the, the role of men and women in the church is is not a gospel truth required for conversion, but you can't get very far in a Christian life without without asking what the Bible teaches about how we ought to live our out our male or female identity. So I wonder, is gospel centrality sufficiently 
comprehensive to cover all aspects of the Christian life or um, is a term sometimes used too narrowly? Or am I perhaps misunderstanding what what is meant by gospel-centered? Well, it's, it's difficult to find one expression that is going to resolve all points of conflict. That's a mistake. So I think that gospel-centeredness is a useful category, but it's not useful for everything. Um, in, in terms of the kinds of things you're talking about, there's a book that is coming out, God willing, next March-ish or something like that by Gavin Ortland. Um, I forgot the exact title, but it's it's really about theological triage. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, in medical triage, mm-hmm. you come to a disaster and there are bodies everywhere and some are bleeding out and some have broken arms and so on. And the medical people have to make decisions about what, what people they're going to help first. If they don't have the resources to help everybody right away, who gets mm-hmm. who gets fixed first, as it were? And and uh, Christians have long recognized, though the expression gospel triage is relatively recent. I think it was Al Mohler that coined it. Um, yet yet um, yet uh, another way of, of referring to the same thing is hierarchicalization of, of 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 truths. That is, some things you die for. Some things are really important and are important to the organization and structure of a local church. And some things are important uh, uh, for for other kinds of purposes. He has himself four categories, and some things you can mm-hmm. just say, oh, "Get over it. Don't don't worry about it." And after all, there is such triage, such hierarchization, even within the New Testament, so that um, um, uh, writing to the Galatians, Paul says, "If anyone preach any other gospel other than the one that we have preached to you, let him be anathema." And in, in other words, a gospel issue in that uh, domain. Uh, that he has in mind, um, you're either right or you're wrong, and you you need to be right to 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 mm. to, to escape the the apostolic anathema. Um, uh, on the other hand, he he can write of some people in Philippians chapter one. Um, you know, so some people have bad motives when they're preaching, but at least they're preaching Christ. I can put up with that. Um, and um, and. Uh, uh, elsewhere in 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 Pauline correspondence, if 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 you're, for example, Romans fourteen uh, uh, on, on certain issues regarding days and so on, let each be fully persuaded in his own mind, but don't split the church over it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so Paul Paul himself can can make distinctions be, between between the, the, the mm-hmm. relatively uh, weighted importance of this or that, and um, and we need to do the same thing today. Mm. So that you get some people who are angry all the time, and everything is confrontation, and and so on, and other people who are so careless that uh, the, the, the 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 truth is easily lost just because, in the name of uh, forgiveness and forbearance and love, um, they they let rank heresy mm. into into the camp. So it's always a question. It has been a question from the first decades of the Christian Church to do some of the importance of doing theological triage. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the little book that's coming out by Gavin mm-hmm. Ortland in a few months will be of considerable help in that regard. I look forward to that. I, you know, I, I I've seen sometimes such an emphasis placed on say the Great Commission that you wonder if if if, if those people have any room for say Christians in the arts or, uh, you know, um, so I, I guess uh, C.S. Lewis once wrote, I think we murder to dissect. In other words. You alluded to the the beginning of your answer, the, the the limitation of labels that can only do so much. So I feel like sometimes maybe we're drawing the the lines a little too sharply, and as a result, we we maybe minimize the 
that certain things are maybe supremely important, but but then uh, nothing else matters. That would be an extreme. And so my concern is that we we have enough texture and 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 and, and gradation that 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 maybe the role of men and women is maybe not as important as that that First Corinthians fifteen three and four that. Christ uh, died and was buried and rose according to the scriptures, but it is still an essential part of our human existence on this earth. And so uh, uh, I sometimes wish there were uh, sufficient texture, and I find the way some people use uh, gospel-centeredness makes me wonder if they adequately have room in, in, in the labels they use for the kind of a full-orbed uh, vision of, of, of the Christian life. Uh, well, um, uh, those are things that Gavin tries to talk about in his book. I've read the manuscript, mm -hmm. and uh, he, I think that he will be helpful. Uh, it, it's it's one of those areas again where you, if you talk in the abstract, people can all agree or disagree. Uh, it's 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 how the rubber hits the road, how you make change out of it, that, that determines whether people agree or not. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> so it 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 takes more than can be resolved in a broadcast. I think one of the most encouraging developments. Um, is TGC's global impact. And I know a large part of your ministry is overseas. I believe you were in Malaysia and other places recently. Um, perhaps you can share some of the, the needs that you feel that TGC is able to meet or some of the needs that we need to be aware of in your travels overseas. Yes, a part of the needs are bound up with what I've already mentioned. That is that there are a lot of pastors, even with little access to theological formation, either books are too expensive or they're in part of the world where there's a, a suppression or mm -hmm. too much poverty even to buy books and, and, and so on, um, or linguistic barriers. Um, there is a TGC in Africa now. It'll become regionalized, I'm sure, in due course, but it's continent-wide at the moment. And and one of its its obvious successes is that oh its council is for, is drawn from about eight or twelve countries, but but if these guys wrote something in their home patch, it would be read by a few people in their local church and so on. They they they, they write for the TGC Africa site, and suddenly they've got continental reach, mm -hmm. and that encourages people to write more and. More thoughtfully and read more deeply and so on. Mm -hmm. So it becomes not only a way of ministering to others, but of strengthening themselves. Um, that's really quite important. And um, the Francophone world, in in Europe at least, it's a bit different in uh, in French Canada. But in Francophone Europe, um, that's not only France and Brussels, but reaching also to French West Africa, and. Um, and uh, the, the the resources that are, are biblical, theological, and rich, and 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 so on, are relatively slim. But uh, but the organization there is called Evangel 21, Gospel Twenty One, and it's 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 had a conference every two years now for I think eight cycle four cycles, mm. eight years, and um, and it's just under a thousand people that gather, and once again. Uh, seventy percent, seventy-five percent are under the age of forty or forty-five, mm -hmm. and and th mm. th there's a rising interest in expository preaching. Um, it's a day of small things. It's, it's not as if revival has broken out, but there is something going on there that that was not there uh, uh, t t ten years ago, mm. and um, so uh, oh, although in many corners of the world it's it's a day of small things, it's it's nevertheless encouraging, 
And um, in the Spanish-speaking world, uh, TGC is taking off like wildfire. Mm. Um, uh, I, I think in part because a lot of the Spanish-speaking world, and in fact, the Latin world, which, which includes Portuguese, of course, in Brazil, um, uh, there has been such a sweeping influence from the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel folk. Uh, but they're now in their third generation, and their children's children are becoming suspicious. They they see that it doesn't work, and mm-hmm. there, there's a certain amount of deceit bound up with the whole thing. And, and the, the, they watch what we're doing on our sites, or even on television. They, they watch people like Miguel Nunez preach, and... Uh, Suel Michelin and, and people like that. And they, they come to us and they, they don't say, oh, we like your theology, please teach us. They come to us and say, how do you teach the Bible like that? Show us how to teach the Bible. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, and the result <clears throat> is that there's, there's quite a compelling uh, a, a turn uh, from, from, from some churches and other traditions to a more reformed big God uh, mm-hmm. theology that is interested in getting the Bible right, of understanding it teaching it in its own terms without, without simple proof texting and so on. Mm. And um, so um, uh, I, I could tell you many stories of, of uh, turnarounds and, uh, and uh, uh, reaching out into, into uh, places that have just known nothing of this uh, 15 years ago. Um, mm. As one of our colleagues says, when the Reformation came through 500 years ago, it didn't even touch Latin America. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, it will not pass us by this time, mm. and um, and and that's that's pretty encouraging too. Mm-hmm. Where all this will end up, I don't know, but it's a sure mm. a great time to be alive and 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 watch uh, leaders organizing like uh, uh, Jairo Namnun, for example, who's in the DR and is one of our staff people overseeing international things, and he's a very capable young man with a rare discernment for someone as young as he is. So th- this is a great time to be alive and watch what God is doing and raising up. Mm. That's quite remarkable. It, it, it almost sounds like the same thing we saw in North America where TGC kind of provided structure and organization. Yes, that's right. We see that being multiplied. That's right. And now there's a, one that started in, uh, in Korea or South Korea mm-hmm. uh, that's barely a year old. And there are meetings that are exploring the possibility of similar things elsewhere in Southeast Asia. Um, so, so um, there are parts of the world where we won't operate um, because, because it would just draw um, attention to Christians in, in forbidden minorities and so on. So we, we, we want to be careful. We're not trying to make things difficult for people. Mm-hmm. But uh, to provide the resources that people need is uh, really, really important. Thank you for joining us today at Biblical Foundations. For more information, please visit the Center for Biblical Studies at Midwestern at cbs.mbts.edu. For further resources, please also visit biblicalfoundations.org. Please join us again next time at the Biblical Foundations podcast.